0: What you've always done, how many of you have ever been to a full-time on our conference? Uh, a lot of you. You guys know what we're about to do, right? No, you to stand or anything like that, but you can just elbow out the people that you don't know, like next to you. But in general, we're going to start with a slow laugh, all right? We're going to slow laugh thinking about what new story is doing and building homes for people who don't even know what home means and they're just longing for that. That's such a cool story. So let's just start. Just follow me along, all right? Just get your hands as wide as you can and just follow through. Ready, to go? One, two, three. Alright, thank Sarah, thank you Andrew. This is always fantastic to, to be here and talk to these days. So, my whole talk is around idiotas B2B then said I wrote the post book about ABM, and I realized four years later that ABM actually has changed. And there's a whole story around that. So I'm gonna just share like, what happened in the last four years since we wrote the very first book. But I'm also gonna share four interesting things today. Number one, I'm gonna share something about parenting, how do you are your parents? Alright, you're gonna hate me after this. Uh, so between parenting and marketing, what's the difference there? Number two, I'm gonna share a framework, a framework that I feel has fundamentally changed the way I think about marketing and sales. I think in many ways, ABM has been a disservice to the industry, but let me say ABM, it always needs that more marketing, is doing something, right? How many of you are in sales here? All right, so that just makes sound like, well, sales is just gonna be a sidekick. No, 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 sales has to be they are with you, and if they're not there, it's not gonna be a win. I've seen that at least a thousand times uh, in the last five years. That's number two. Number three, I'm gonna share four quick stories, not detail into it because all the four people are speaking at different sessions today, so you can just join them. But there are four stories for these companies have actually gone from good to great. I wanna share those at a high level just because I want any, everybody to walk out of the session thinking that they can do it. There is S&B, if you might be a mid-size company, you might be an enterprise company, it might be a fast growth company, you might have pipeline stock, maybe you have expansion deals, whatever might be the case, there's gonna be a story connected with that. So, so just pay attention to those. And if there's nothing, nothing, not a use case that connects with you, find me after that because I want to know what is the use case you are running that I can see in a thousand of customers. All right. And then lastly, and this is probably the most important thing. I want to share a question with you. A question that I want you to wrestle with the whole time. Because this question, the answer to this question, will, buy, I think, will be changing the way you do marketing and sales in your organization. So those are the four things. So if I skip any one of them, just hold me accountable for it. So let's get started. First of all, give to great. How many of you have written, red, red, give to grade? All right, so maybe you can answer this question. What is greatness? <laughs> and people who answer the question, we're gonna give up, and Betsy over there has copies of the book, so we'll give copies of to that. Define greatness for me. Who wants to go? I'm starting to make any contact, I'm gonna stick up on you. What do you think greatness is? Uh, how about Tom Brady? Ooh, Tom Brady, there you go! That's right. All right, who else? What, is, what do you have to define greatness? several levels above others. Alright? If you think about it, the way Jim Collins defines it, he says greatness is a choice. Now think about that for a second. It's a 100% choice and it's 100% relevant to you. What's great to you might be status quo to somebody else. What status quo to you might be great for somebody else. So it really depends. So when I walk through those four stories, I want you to think about what greatness means to them and then align that with what greatness means to you. Alright, so first thing, let's get into the parenting. That's my parenting. truly truly So that's my son, Chris. He and I, were uh, we had to stay together last uh, November for about a month, 30 days together because my mother-in-law was in a and thankfully, she was fine now that my, my wife and my daughter had to go to India for about 30 days. And I was kind of shocked. Like, I think at this point, he's going to find out I'm not as good of a daddy as I you know, Right? And it's a embarrassing fact of the first thought that went through my mind was, man, can we get a 24 7 babysitter again. and help? You know, I know it's very embarrassing, and, but that was a choice moment for me. And I stopped traveling that whole month. I'm like, i going to travel and try to work from home as many days as possible so we can do all the things we need to. But that was a moment where I had to make a choice. A choice that I didn't face, and i like, you got to stand up for it or I just back down from it. So, in process, I ended up creating our personal, because I'm a marketer, a maturity parent, and wanted to see where it is. And it's results get back. So, don't try it at home if it doesn't make sense to you. I right, so real quickly went through my wife and me, she told me three things. All right, number one, make sure he's inside the house, safe and all those things. Make sure you're female so he doesn't go hungry. I think I can do that. And then like, just play with make sure that you are there because I have been traveling so much and I wasn't always present and that was on me. Right, I'm like, I can't do that. But as we started thinking about watching TV, I have done what most parents' probably did. Seven-year-old watching TV and movies like My Nemo. I'm a diehard Rocky fan. So, we watched the entire series of Rocky. And now he and I talk about, hey, Adrian, I love you. I don't know if you, anybody has seen the Rocky movie. Like, we would do that in a home. and my wife was like, What are you talking about? That's what we would uh, do. The other thing, when we talk about feeding, he's like, asking him, like, Chris, what do you like to eat? And he's like, Oh, I love pancakes. And I'm like, Okay, one day, what we would do is that like, we're going to have pancakes, happy pancakes for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Guess what he said the next day? I love your pancakes, but please don't go for under 30 days. Right? So, if you have a coworker who we'll asks ask you a lot of questions or need a lot of things, just send them so much that they would say, don't send me anymore or don't help me anymore. Right? But I learned that I value less. lesson, like, all right, I can do these things. Finally, this is this is yeah, my favorite. You know, he's not an Xbox or just a gamer. He, he really loves me outdoors. And I love to just. So, mom's in the room, like, don't worry, we not jump off the of plane. But I wanted to have that experience for her. So, what I did was, you know what, we we're going to go to this place called Indoor Sky Down. And that was really cool. It was like literally you'll lie down on the ground and the air was really cools you up a little bit and it was fantastic. I still remember he sang right after that experience for 30 days. Of course, we went to school, we studied, not just all fun. But he said to me, he looked at me and said, Papa, I love you. And the way he said it, I knew that he meant it. That's a very different experience. And I thought, man, what am I doing? Like? I'm not really good dad. And in order for me to be a better one, he was a choice. And I'm so glad I made that choice for those 30 days. So what I'm about to go through is looking at all this and like, what, how do we change these things? But what I want to do is apply the same thing for marketing. And say, how do we go from status quo 1.0 to 2.0. You guys ready for this? All right, let's go through it. Before that, I want you to share with me. I'm going to give you 30 seconds. I'm going to play some music, but I'm going to share with your neighbor what is great marketing need to you. Go. Just share what that meant. So we don't have time for that today. So I'm going to just share what a lot of people have shared when I've done this presentation, and maybe some of these are the same questions. So maybe the words are a little bit different, but are probably the same thing that you're thinking about. It's about engagement, creating epic experiences storytelling, creating personalization experience for everybody, the human interaction that goes, creating those magic moments where you want to feel the customer wants to feel that you care, that you are a priority for them, right? So those are the things. What's interesting is I also put a, a LinkedIn message just a few days ago, which was ABM is dot dot dot. And over 100,000 people viewed that, and over 500 or 600, I don't know how many comments are right now, but that time over 400 comments. And people had all kinds of answers, when I map that, it, it mapped exactly to this. Now think that for a second. That just means that EVM is not a tool, not a tactic, but a way to build a strategy for your organization that you can win. Big, and it is the best and better way to do marketing sales. So I was surprised to see that, oh my goodness, so many people are saying the same thing. It's not like the marketing automation, it's not like email marketing, it's not like all the technology tools that we all have worked on for years, but it is the way to do it. And it's not even marketing in it, it's a count based strategy. So when I think about the four year journey from the very first book I wrote, this was 2016, and at that time, I focused fully on this idea of better acquisition. That was the whole point of accounting. It's like, if you can find the right people, go out for the right account, engage on their terms, you can get them, and those are the right customers. It makes sense. As a fall in three, like 2017, I think this idea started evolving more and more. Stop focusing on pipeline velocity. You know what? Most companies don't have a demand problem, they actually have a pipeline problem. If you can get your pipeline to move a little bit faster, you can close way more deals at a much higher rate, and you don't have to get as many leads as you need today right the top of the phone. But that was the big thing, and that was a new lesson for me. One year fast forward, what was interesting was account expansion. There are customers and stories coming out, out of nowhere saying that, hey look, we're using this account-based strategy, and I'm gonna stop calling it account-based marketing now, account-based strategy, that's helping us build more deals. There are companies where 80% of the revenue come from 20% of their customers, or they have this one flagship product that actually drives the majority of the revenue. They're like, we need to tell the story of other products to these companies and these customers who they drive more revenue. And was really interesting, what was evident at the end of the day, was that ADM is being big. It's just better marketing. I think, I could, I'm gonna say it today, but it's getting more so again. I hope you two years from now. I think there won't be AVM two years from now. Even though I've written two books at AVM, like, it will be just a better market. It will be the, the way companies operate and operationalize their marketing and sales. So let's go through this framework. I wanted This is the framework. This is the second part that I want to share with you. Was the framework? This fundamentally changed the way I have seen organizations operate and are actually winning in their organizations. The way this works is very simple. First of all, you take the M out of it. It is not about marketing. It is about marketing and sales and customer success. Three teams working together. Number two, it's very simple. Target, agent, activate, measure, team. The word team has a lot of good vibes coming out of it. Go and talk to your sales team and say, hey, let's work on these accounts together. Let's figure out which accounts to target together. So now you're talking their language. And then which accounts and how are you going to engage with them now that I can run webinars and stuff? No, no, what makes sense with these accounts that matters, so the process matters, target folks, and then engage. And then how do I activate you, sales team? Activation is not email campaigns just uh, to your future customers. Activation is how do you activate your sales leader. I think that's one of missed when I ran marketing and part of, and we were at Salesforce uh, a couple of years, I think that's what i missed the most. We are not activating the sales team, and you can't win in Am if you are doing any close medium without activating the sales team. So it's really important, and then measure and integrate on it. So very simple framework, but it has changed the way you can have a conversation, not only with your sales team, but also at the board level. Imagine going to your organization, your CFO, and CEO, and say, "Hey, look, I know you think marketing is all this money on technology. Here are the tools you are using for target. Here are the tools we're going to use for engage, activate, and measure." Changes the conversation. I've seen so many stories around. What we're gonna do is use the same maturity curve, I'm call it B2B, and use this target engaged activity measure to share the stories of companies, the four companies go from good to great. Alright? And then again, all of them are here so you can actually spend time with them later on. Anybody know this guy? Course, right? So, I'm one of the recent interviews on the podcast, I knew it, Seth. And Seth said something that I think I could have said better. I think he was talking about ABM. He didn't know he was talking about ABM because he doesn't care about accountants marketing as much. But he was talking about ABM in the best sense possible. He said, look, most people think they have unlimited marketing to go after And don't raise your hand because I know how, every time I pass, hardly anybody has a their right hand on this one. But if you have the answer, come and talk to me later on. How many of you know your total and impressible market? Exactly the number of accounts. If you close them, you're going to win and you're going to have great month great quarter. And every time I've gone to workshops, I've never seen anybody say, I know exactly how many accounts I have. Very few. Very few, unless they have 10, 14, 30 accounts. And that actually is the reason why we need 10,000 leads at the top, not the right leads in the right accounts. So you need leads, and you need them in the right accounts. So it's really interesting when, uh, when you talk about this. This is an example of a company called Naser. They're really good at lead generation, they're getting 25,000 leads every single year, and they're, they're fine and fantastic, but they had sales marketing discount. Sales marketing wasn't working very well. And what they did was, I think what the majority of you are probably, if you're in the, this phase of 1.0, is that let's find our top 100 accounts and go after them. Or let's find our 50 accounts, let's find around this financial services industry, let's just find a few and make sure that it takes an RP, aligns on it, and we start looking after them. And as I said, there are stories like this shared in, the, in, in, in all these sessions. So what they saw was incredible win rate, incredible success. But even more important, even more important than, than how much engagement they were getting was this idea when their CEO said, oh my goodness, why are you running this only on 100 accounts? Yeah, you've created an always-on program for me so that we can run it across every single target account. Think about the power in that, where a CEO said, how much money do you need in order to run it across the entire list of target We need to go there, not just those hundred. And the reason they were able to do that is because they saw five times more engagement, and this was the most beautiful thing. The NPS score, the net promoter score, went from 70 to 90%. The reason it went from 70 to 90 percent is because they were able to personalize and tailor on just you and not everybody else. And those customers are like, oh my goodness, we didn't know you have other products, we didn't know you had all these services, thank you so much, you want to buy them. They're able to create more engagement with their existing customers. So if you have high volume, volume, and if you are driving expansion, this is a really interesting story to think about. This can change the economics of your business, your organization. Now right, let's go to one more. Alright, goldfish. How many of you have heard this? Where said, hey, the attention span is less than goldfish, and I think the bullfish attention span, I don't know who measured it, this is about eight seconds. How many of you are for this? All right? All of this? Think about this for a second. Well, I don't know enough about Golfstream, but I know I've been to Netflix and listen to podcasts and I do sort of things for hours. The reality is, our content sucks. <coughs> and that's why our customers and future customers are not spending time on them. So instead of optimizing just more of the content, more of the pages, maybe we should create more content. I cannot do anything, I cannot pay any amount of money to get 100,000 views on a post on LinkedIn today. It is just not possible. It's just one simple thing and it connected. You never know what's gonna connect, but the idea is how do you create engaging content? So I think we have to agree with ourselves and understand that look, our content may not be as good. That's why people are engaging. But here's a story I wanna share with Mark and Jeremy's here so you should catch him later on so we can get another session. Uh, From tomorrow, But here's what happened. i tell you what you would do if this was your organization. Their traffic dropped by 70% when they started doing AVM. Let me say that again, people didn't hear that. Good. Their traffic dropped by 70% to their website when they started with AVM. Why do you think that is? Say it. Uh, they were not getting the right accounts. So what happened was, before they started ABM, they were running many campaigns trying to get as many people to the website as possible. Year into ABM, they were only focused on the accounts that they cared about. So the pipeline was going up, the revenue of the organization was going up, but their traffic dropped by 70%. Now, i I did that and I've done this, more meetings were going to show, hey, here's the traffic going up and the right. And this is great, marketing, has been awesome. But the reality is, and this is where it's gonna that hopefully, shocks you. Like the metrics that you are using every single day, they may not be relevant anymore if you're truly your a new account. In their case, the traffic dropped, and then they dug deeper. What happened with those? They found that, oh my goodness, now we have traffic from the right accounts. We don't need, we didn't have the 70% traffic that didn't matter anyway. <laughs> and what was also interesting is, and this also might be a big lesson for anybody, if you want to take away another thing from this one, this is it. They have 22 different tools in their market stack that they were using. They end up dropping their cost of acquisition by 60% by having only six tools. So, what account based marketing or account based strategies and be better b 2 can help you do is actually challenge the basic metrics that you thought were holy and they said, hey, nobody's going to touch this. They're going to change. You can hear from Daniel, you can hear from Jeremy later on that metrics that you measure may no longer be valid. Simple as literally traffic to your website, but not from the right accounts, you have to ask this very important question. So, what? So, what if we have 10,000 downloads? Are the right accounts? So, what if we have 10,000 people on our website? Are from the right account? That will change the way you think you look at metrics. In their case, it dropped, and that next stack is all they needed. Imagine a conversation with your CFO saying, hey, look, we're going to drop it and our cost factor is going to go down now, but we're going to still have a pipeline revenue. I'm pretty sure it turned to a raise out that. He didn't tell me anything about it, by the way, and I didn't get anything from either. <laughs> right, activate. That's me. Meg said to me this very interesting thought that I didn't really consider. She said, my title is accounting executive. not a lead executive. So if anyone of you are still thinking, well, I'm not sure if account-based thing is a real thing, look at it and talk to your sales team. They're, all of their titles are account executives, which means they always looked at accounts. They've never looked at leads. The reason they don't follow through all the leads that marketing gives them is because you're not giving them the leads in the right accounts. You change that little thing, and it will change the game for it. So it was very profound for when she said, my title is an account executive, not a lead executive. So let me share an example of Tons writer. Julian is here from Fox and she had a whole session around this. And she, like everybody else, marketing automation, uh, focusing on how many leads we get, activating sales by just purely giving them the list. But she was tasked with 250 accounts and said, we need to create unbelievable win rate for these two fifty accounts. So her whole job was to figure out, her whole team's job was to create amazing expansion deals. Guess what, our win rate was uh, focusing on just 250 accounts. at a big company like cost providers. Pick a number, what do you think the win rate was? Dan, yeah, I know you know, you Go ahead, just pick a number. 50%. 50%, go higher. Say again. 7, 74 go higher. You're even scared to go higher for somebody else's win rate. Think about that for a second. Go higher. And this is your score. You want to say it? 95. 95, there you go, you get a book. All right, 95 of oh, their win rate is 95% folks. What will it take for you to have that kind of win rate? And go to your board or exactly team and say, and hey, look, if you focus and did certain things, you're gonna have 95% win rate. That is unheard of almost unreal, and that's why I wanted to make sure that the people that I'm talking about are actually at this conference and doing sessions. So you can ask them how they did that. This is not some philosophy or strategy out there, this is actually how people are driving revenue, getting promotions, and having incredible careers out there. So I want to make sure that you guys recognize the power of getting account based and making sure that it's better marketing and better sales organization. Last one. Since we're in Boston, I meet Brian Halligan. Um, most of you guys probably know he's the CEO and founder of HubSpot, and he said to me, "This is really profound." He said, "Look, great companies create business model innovation, not product innovation." Think about that for a second. From an example of Snowflake, and Carmi is speaking to that as well. From Snowflake, they're probably the high scale, the highest scale campaign that I've seen in ABM uh, of sorts. Uh, definitely check out their session. That they have inbound and outbound, just like everybody. And more interestingly, what they started to do was 500 different campaigns one-on-one, which means one ad, one message, one landing page, that's not form-code, one direct mail, sales working on one person at a time, and adding more person in the go. When I say one-to-one, the level of depth in it is phenomenal. And they're overrated, link rates on their email, their ads, their messaging. It's just crazy because they know who they're going after. So they absolutely put the name of the company they're going after. So when they go to that particular website, that landing page, it isn't about that company. The engagement rate, people are spending time on their website, which we all the security. here's what Daniel Day said, which was which was something that I was like, wow, this is how it should be. He said, there are, I'm going to do two things that i never thought about able to do. Number one, I'm able to go and tell my sales team where they should hire salespeople because I know, based on fit and intent, how many accounts we have in that region. So if you want to double the sales numbers and you want to hire people, let me tell you you should hire two salespeople in Boston because I know we have three accounts in Boston and we can support them. You can do that with fit and intent. He said, so I'll never be able to do that. But here's even more interesting. He's able to help salespeople with probably the most challenging thing ever, which is how many deals are really gonna close this month. So what he's able to do is look at all the analytics and be able to say, oh, um, what's, it? Uh, what's your name? Allie, Allie, all right, let's say you're a salesperson and say you have 50 accounts that wanna close. And he said, I'm very optimistic, like most salespeople are. We're gonna close all 50 of them, right? And Dan is able to come to you and say, Ali, there are only five accounts that are spending time on our website. I can look at it, all the analytics that I'm getting from these four or five accounts. And these five accounts are the ones that have the highest propensity to buy from us. So let's prioritize on these five, and let's forecast on these five, and on, all the 45 did great. Imagine what will change in the forecasting for your sales and marketing organization. So I think marketers today have more power than ever did, and these are real stories and real people. Here at the conference, sharing these specific examples. But don't let me miss this point that when we go to the full maturity curve, and then all this is in the book, and there are like 150 in the book uh, around, uh, don't miss this point that is 100% starts with where, where you are and figuring out what you want to improve. So, the fourth and the final thing I shared with you the parenting stuff, I shared the uh, the idea of team framework, I shared the four stories. Let me just connect the dots with maybe and marketing, look well. If you are 1.0, I realized with my kids that mom and dad have to be aligned, and I want fresh to be as many activities as needs to, right, because it's like, hey, that's fine. That's the same thing for marketing and sales. You may have a ton of different, ton of different tools in your technology right now in your market stack. That's perfectly fine. That's what you might need right now. But over of time, you to change. And as a 2.0, dad and mom, I think what we need to do is act as one team so our kids know that how you, like, you know, we have the same philosophy and stuff so they, they know there's no crack. They know exactly what we need. And they say yes or no or go there. They're never able to figure it out. But it also means that I want my son to get my majority of whatever sport he wants to go in because he, they have to go to fewer activities as opposed to all. I think it's a little different than two marketing sales. I think you might be surprised to, to figure it out that you're gonna work at market marketing sales at one team, not ABM or ABS or APX or whatever. It is one team. And number two, you'll be surprised pleasantly, so when you're CF and CEO, that you might actually need less tools than you thought. So here comes the final question. The one question that I want you all to wrestle with. It's very simple, but probably is a game changer. And this is what I think every one of those stories are actually all about. What matters? Does it matter to you that you have a better targeting? Does it matter to you that nobody reads your newsletter and you keep sending newsletters to them? Does it matter to you that people spend time on the website because the messaging connects with you? And does it truly matter that sales and marketing have the same KPI metrics? If those things don't matter, I think you can skip the rest of them and just go in in the stock machines over there. But if those things do matter, I would say that pick where you are. Self-identify where you are on this team maturity, union maturity curve. And then for the next 10 days, next 30 days, say, I'm going to figure out a better targeting with my sales team. That's all. You don't have to do it. Or when we got targeting? I'm going to figure out how to better engage with my customers. Or I'm going to just figure out how do I activate my sales team because without them, I can't be successful. Maybe you just focus on your measurement. But whatever it is, you have to start figuring it out and just dial in a little bit more for the next 10, 15 days. Can we do that? All right? All right. So, I think that, that that covers it. You can listen to the podcast. If you need the slides or a topic of books, you can text uh, we, we that. Thank you so much. We appreciate it.